0: Jeff, Monday, happy Monday. Happy Monday, bro, how are you? Cold, super cold. This whole thing about (laughs) last weekend going up to 30 degrees was totally a lie. Yeah. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually really, really cold. Um, this is the October that we know and love. And we need a different shooting area maybe next year or during the wintertime because there's no heater in here. <laughs> and that's why we're both like this the whole time. Yeah. And if you see us like this the whole time for the rest of the podcast, you know why? Because this is like negative 10. We're like shooting in a fridge. We're literally shooting in a fridge right now. Joe's just being a baby. I we're am. good. I, am. We're I good. am. I am. But hey podcast day um you know what because last month our debate uh about wood versus concrete or pre-sell versus resell was received quite well a lot of people like it so Mm -hmm. why don't we do another one this month um and um you know like what we always talk about in our market update we always talk about the rental market and the sales market so we thought hey look why not we do another one that we really Compare and we debate our hearts out about rent versus owning.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a great topic, and it, it, stuff like this always comes up, at least uh, for me, mm-hmm. especially when I think about cars. Do I lease or do I finance to own? Mm-hmm. Same thing, and I think there's a, a lot of pros and cons of both. Like, and again. Mm-hmm. again Joe and I aren't saying uh, one is better than the other. Um, We might lean towards uh, one direction (laughs) and and you guys will kind of feel that, I think. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it really is about each of our own individual perspectives, our values,
0: and what works for us. I really like that you brought out cars because nowadays when we are thinking about oh, we need a new car, it's an open discussion about finance, lease, or buy it straight out. Mm -hmm. However, when it comes down to real estate, especially in our parents, you know, we're Asian background, you know, our Asian, I mean, our parents, you know, came from much more difficult time. Mm they always say when it comes to real estate, just own, just own it, just own it. Mm -hmm. They don't even think about like, what do you want? What is the goal? Like, they're just like, just own real estate. If you don't own real estate, you're gonna end up in the street. Mm -hmm. Is what my mom always tells me. Sorry, mom. Uh, Yeah, I I was not supposed to expose that, but sorry, mom. Well, yeah, no, or or, uh, you get the uh, wooden spoon special. Yeah, that's right, right? <laughs> Now, another thing I, I think it's good that we talk about, uh, we, we take a podcast and just talk about this, is because in the last, I say five years, the government, BC government has introduced a lot of laws, obviously, that really leans kind of in the protection of the tenant. Mm-hmm. So back in the days when I was renting in like 2007, 2008, like 1990. the- 1990. Oh, thanks, man, thanks. babyface guys, baby face. Um, but back in the days, the landlord literally did whatever the heck they want like mm-hmm. I've been in your unit I, I just moved in and then like three months later they want us to leave because they want to sell the place mm-hmm. and then uh, the, and it wasn't even a fixed term another one is like one after uh, um, right after uh, the one year lease and she forced me to sign another one year lease without going directly to month to month and then, no, I'm not even talking about oh if they want to you know have their immediate family come over and they need to compensate me somehow right the rules has changed now that it's it's more of a balance playing field to be honest sometimes you ask some landlords they're like oh the power isn't all the tenants anymore i don't want to deal with this so because of that i feel like right now in this junction of 2022 let's have this conversation you know Mm -hmm. let's just debate it and then you know let the listener kind of (sighs) absorb and then let them really think about what is truly more important to them
1: that's fair okay uh first dibs on owning
0: (sighs) Okay.
1: I'm not saying I'm taking the easy way out. I'm just saying...
0: No, you're like definitely this. taking the easy way out. For Vancouver. <laughs> for Vancouver. But fine. You own versus me rent. Uh, go with the first blood. Let's do this.
1: All right. So when you're owning, you have way more control about what you can and cannot do. You don't need someone to tell you, hey, can I have pets or not? Can I hang out my favorite poster on the wall? Um, I've there's less chances of me uh, being kicked out, you know, I, I can pass this on to my future generation, mm-hmm. you know, the, the list goes on.
0: No, um, agreed, well acknowledged. Um, yes, I agree. However, the, like I said, the government has really tried to balance out the power uh, between the tenants and the landlord. Mm-hmm. For example, like, you know, you can't just kick people out because you want to do a renovation anymore. Oh, ah, the know? renoviction. Uh, renovation, a very, 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 yeah. uh, very popular. You can't do that anymore. And mm-hmm. the only way for you to be able to kick a tenant out now is if you, or your immediate family mm-hmm. wants to come back and live in it.
1: Yeah, very specific term there, immediate family. Mm-hmm. So your, your brother and sister, no-go.
0: Has to be either your mom and dad, or uh, your dependents, so your son, daughter. Think about i from a family tree, it's, it has to be completely vertical all the mm-hmm. way down, right? And another thing, love, like what we just talked about before we started is the unnecessary rent increases, mm-hmm. literally based on the landlord's feeling oh, I'm gonna bump up your for X amount. No, like in BC specifically, if you're listening from other provinces, you must be like, wow, these guys are whacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in BC, actually now I think, I feel like really the government dictates how much you can go up on, on an annual basis in terms of rent.
1: Basically, and for the last couple of years, at least it's been roughly two to 3% a year.
0: Correct, right? Yeah. So that being said like it's not like the tenant is completely out of control anymore Mm -hmm. they do have some controls over that now in terms of of course you know hang pictures and stuff like that just hang it but be a responsible tenant and then just you know fill it up afterwards Mm -hmm. right and in regards to pets of course pets is the biggest thing especially in Vancouver I feel like every three people like one of them has a pet mm-hmm. i have a pet owner i'm a pet owner you're not so you're Donald. well i basically am now <laughs> <laughs> so if you're talking about uh pet situation i guess the good news is yes it's a work in progress mm-hmm. but a lot more landlords now are really thinking about okay we'll allow pets in here in toronto they already passed a law that you can't stop renting someone because they have a pet. Mm-hmm. And it feels like BC, we're gonna start to slowly move there. But in today, this purpose, like this time purposes, if that is something that's very important to you and everything you're trying to find doesn't allow pets, go to a purpose rental. Mm-hmm. A purpose rental will definitely allow uh, pets as long as you're willing to pay a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, once again, this is not 100% across the board, but if you look for a per- full purpose rental buildings, um, they're, they're generally gonna be a lot more lenient because they're a corporation and they're not individuals. And if you guys are an investor and you
1: own a property, well, hey, maybe you want to be a little bit lenient towards accepting pets because there's definitely a need for properties that allow rentals um, or rental properties that
0: allow for pets. Extension to that. Mm -hmm. If you do allow pets, I have heard from other people now that you do get people are willing to pay more. Aside not, I'm not about pet security. I'm talking about pet security plus a little bit more every single month. If you're able to get hundred dollars more every single month and you can rent it to them for two years, honestly, at that point, let's say it's a small one-bedroom, mm-hmm. you get twenty-four hundred dollars more. That should be more than enough for you to kind of pull out your whole wood laminate floors, put in new laminate floors if you want to. Just think about some numbers. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say, right?
1: Fair. All right. So,
0: yeah. Okay.
1: When you choose to own every single payment that you're making, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You are paying towards owning the property, and once you own it fully, you're payment-free. You don't have to worry about finding another place to live. You have something to pass on to the kids. It's
0: appreciated in value. You know, the list goes on. True, but Mm -hmm. when was that? Did you look at your bank statement earlier this month? you tend to forget quite a bit of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if all we have to do as a homeowner Is to pay mortgage and nothing else. Your statement one thousand percent true. In reality, that's not the case. You have repairs, Mm -hmm. home repairs. Even if you live in it, you have you know everything has a shelf life. We always say, right? You have strata fees if you live in a stratified home. You have property taxes. Mm -hmm. You have other miscellaneous costs here and there. What happened? Those and then there's a special levy. Once you add all of those things together, are you truly still cash positive? Mm-hmm. In Vancouver, a lot of people is like, well, yeah, the mortgage cancels the rent. Okay, but how will your $400 strategies a month? Mm-hmm. What happened if your annual property tax is about $180 a month? Mm-hmm. Right? What happened to you got to prepare for rainy days and in turn something breaks in your house? Like if you start to add all that together, I have a feeling rent is still, even though with the rental prices coming up like what we are doing today, mm-hmm. the rent prices are still... Going to be cheap because you only have really one cost. It's just rent and maybe internet if the landlord doesn't include internet for you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So that's something for you to think about. Yeah, a lot of people just think, oh, mortgage rental, but there is other things that you want to um, um, uh, you want to upkeep. Right? Well, yeah,
1: and I guess like owning and renting, like there's so many different mm-hmm. variations. It's not just one size fits all. Mm-hmm. We're talking mostly today about owning to live in, yes, not owning an investment property and renting it out because you know that's a whole different story where yeah your rental income could cover your mortgage Mm -hmm. and majority of your strata fee so really you're only paying a couple hundred dollars a month to uh own a property after 25 years that's
0: right and one thing I want to go back, uh, to really talk about, we talk about, you know, the strata fees or special levies and stuff. Buying a home itself has a lot of upfront costs as well. Mm-hmm. we talk about property transfer tax, but we didn't talk about lawyer fees, land title registrations. And by the time if you really want to sell it in the future, you have commissions to consider off and all, all that other costs. Whereas rent is just easy. This is your flat number. Every single month, they probably go up maybe a little bit more on the annual basis, but it's, that it's another thing i would say is renting especially with the new government policy is predictable mm-hmm. you know how much your cost is going to be for your prop for where your roof is on that month mm-hmm. to pretty, pretty high accuracy now mm-hmm. because of the government control uh, yes. uh, rent increases right i'm going to give you the perfect example just watch the guys that bought and got a fixed rate during COVID Mm -hmm. and they're enjoying their 1.8% to 2% interest rate. Wait until their four-year fix or five-year fix is up and then come back and tell me, how stable the, the rent is. They're gonna be for a rude awakening mm-hmm. once that particular um, 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 mortgage has expired. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're not in the States where you know in the States, when you sign up a mortgage, they give you 25-year term. Whereas mm-hmm. here, we do maximum five-year term. Well, you could do 10-year term, but the interest rate shuts up really, really quickly. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay that's fair but you know like in Vancouver real estate prices have generally shot up year after year after year oftentimes by significant amounts you know it's doubled in the last 10 and went up about 19 percent in the last five so it's a kind of a
0: great investment no Mm -hmm. yes and that this this point right here is why our parents just go "Ah, no brainer real estate that's all you do Mm -hmm. however what I'm trying to say is okay if you want to take this basically you're saying that real estate Vancouver great you know we could also take that money let's say you're not buying real estate you mm-hmm. have additional cash from your down payment yeah let's say we have 100k yeah 100k okay. let's just say we have 100k mm-hmm. right 100k yeah. I could go you know real estate payment thing blah 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 everything we talked about or I could take this 100k and I could do some real studies about what I want to do in, for example, the stock market. Mm-hmm. A lot of people always say, well, you know, in Vancouver, you know, you throw your money in and you don't have to worry about it. Like it will always naturally go up. Yeah, that's because you're in real Vancouver. Mm-hmm. It, once you walk out of Vancouver and you start talking about real estate, there are some peaks and valleys that you really need to be careful, like just like any other stocks, mm-hmm. right? 10% in the last, sorry, 19% in the last five years, double in the last 10 years. I can have probably a really long and extensive list of stocks that you can invest, and they'll probably have better returns than this. Mm -hmm. Yes, is there risk? Of course there is. Are you telling me there's no risk buying real estate at all? Oh, there's risk for sure. Exactly, so that's what I'm trying to say is that Oh, yo, yo, Vancouver, like a lot I think the example I had here before we started the podcast was S&P 500. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, S&P 500 is a general index. Vancouver is a very specific real estate market in the world. Mm -hmm. So to really compare apples to apples, okay, give me the S&P 500 for real estate. Combine all 500 of the biggest cities in real estate and tell me what their return is. Yeah, and on the flip side, you choose one stock
1: out of the S&P 500. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly, more Tesla, Nvidia. I'm just throwing a couple of uh, tech stocks out there just, yeah. just to show people spells. Uh, what is that, Shopify is another one.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. there's a crazy statistic about Tesla that if you had invested in Tesla stock instead of buying a Tesla mm-hmm. five years ago, you would pay for the ownership of your car and then some.
0: Exactly, hmm. exactly. Now, another thing I will say about real est- owning real estate is we always keep just come up. prices going up. Mm-hmm. Now let's turn the table a little bit and let's talk about prices going down. And let's use the same concept. You have 100K, you buy into real estate. I have 100K, I buy into any particular stock in the S&P 500 or even smaller, mm. okay? So let's say that I tell you that my stock went down 10%. That's a loss about $10,000. Mm-hmm. If your home prices went down 10%, you just lost 50% of your investment, mm-hmm. right? Because, 100,000, you bought a half a million dollar home, hundred, a million dollar home, you come Long down to percent, 50K. 50, there we go, mm-hmm. you're, already, you're already 50% of your investment gone. Mm-hmm. This is called marginal training, uh, trading. A lot of people in real estate don't think about this. Marginal trading is the reason why people get super rich or they file for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. People talk about it in stock terms, like, oh, marginal trading is very dangerous. they like, there's 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 no, no telling how low things can go. Well, why don't they talk ever talk about this in real estate? That's why in two thousand and eight, uh, when the uh, economic crash in uh, in the states, we hear keep hearing that ten people are underwater because they have already lost their down payments in terms of the value of their home, and they still have to throw more money every single month into this property. Mm-hmm. So- Whereas my my S&P 500 index, I'm never gonna lose all my money Mm -hmm. unless I decide to start playing options. And that's, once again, not trying to get super deep about other stuff.
1: And you don't lose money until you sell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that goes with real estate as well. However, because you're most likely gonna get some sort of mortgage, Mm -hmm. now you have the bank Putting restrictions on, hey, you're so far in the red now, you got to put a little bit more money down. Mm -hmm. If I invest in that Tesla stock and we're now 50%, Tesla ain't going to be calling me and be like, hey, I need to put more money down. Mm -hmm. Unless I'm, once again, playing marginal trading. But if I do that and I go bankruptcy, that's my fault. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, you know, we always talk about assets, assets, assets. And
0: real estate is an asset long term. Like, is it? You own it. Is it, what is the definition of assets, mm-hmm. right? And what is the definition of liability? I own a car as a liability because the moment I drove off the lot, my price decreased, mm-hmm. right? What I would like to think of asset is a, is a, is a wealth producing item, mm-hmm. right? It will lift me out of my current class or it's gonna give me some sort of passive income so I don't have to work as hard, mm-hmm. right? You buying a home by putting in down payment Assuming you don't rent the basement suite or whatever, that's not an asset, that's a liability. Because What about when it's paid off and you sell it? Okay, well that's a different, of course then, of course at that point it's an asset. Mm-hmm. But it's not a true asset where there's income just coming in. Even if you pay off the whole market, there's still other fees that you have to mm-hmm. pay. There's kind of like a liability. Every, just like your car, every month, you're just throwing more money, throwing more money, throwing more money into this thing. This, how is buying a home of your, uh, buying a house, how is that different? Every mm-hmm. month, oh, repairs. Oh, I gotta pay BC Hydro. Oh, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Right? That's where I'm like, yeah, it's, it's an asset, but it's more like a liability asset. Mm-hmm. Right? And in the moment you don't pay, you don't deal with this liability, you're gonna lose your house.
1: And that's something very important to remember. If you guys are buying real estate, to live in it. Mm-hmm. Now, if we were buying real estate to invest in it, and the rental income actually covers most of your mortgage, mm-hmm. like we said earlier, like, that's a different story. The house is kind of paying
0: for itself. And this is what I'm gonna say. As the listener, guys, honestly, there's always a term that said, keeping up with the Jones. Mm-hmm. Guys, you don't, if you have two kids, and as you and your wife or husband, your significant others, you don't need eight bedrooms what are you doing with bedrooms? Three of them are sitting empty and you're not rent- you can't rent it out because you don't want other people walking in and out of your house, right? So that's just saying is, how- that's the scary part is, especially for us immigrants, or our parents are immigrants, is like they always want to keep up with the Jones because then they don't want to be left behind. They don't want to be left behind, but they have no clue about what they're doing with the money. They just want to keep up with the Jones.
1: I have two questions, first off, who the fuck are the Joneses? And number two, why should I care? And those are two questions that I think everyone should be asking themselves. Just because someone else is doing this, why doesn't mean that you
0: have to do it. Yeah, Jeffrey, I don't want to lose face, you know, when I go out <laughs> and eat dinner with my, you know, with my friends. You know, I don't want to be like, oh, you live in a house, I live in a condo. That is called keeping up with the Jones. Oh, so that's because of an ego thing. It's an ego and it's mm. an insecurity thing. Mm. And once again, they, it's a lot stronger from the past generation when it comes down to here unfortunately some of them those gets passed down to us i'm sorry you guys you know it, but an ego
1: doesn't pay for my bills it doesn't pay for my mortgage payments so personally personally and
0: I don't really give a shit yeah <laughs> no and and I agree I, I, I agree with you mm-hmm. and let, this is what I'm gonna say is that instead of keeping up with the Jones understand what is important and what you need mm-hmm. right and then the rest of the money if you get to keep some of the money, there are other things that you could buy that is an asset that will actually generate maybe some sort of income instead of that eight bedroom house where you don't use five of the bedrooms mm-hmm. i'll give you a couple of examples become a hidden partner in the startup business mm-hmm. right um buying a health insurance policy mm-hmm. that gives you equity that gives you return and in the worst case scenario they'll pay you out if you you know so your family doesn't go bankrupt if you accidentally pass away right or just starting to take that 100K that you have prepared for down payment, go start a side business, side hustle. Mm-hmm. Like what we're trying to do here with all the podcasts and all that stuff, right? and then obviously see whether or not that's gonna produce any income. Mm-hmm. Right? Or self-improve, go take the 100K, go invest it in yourself, as Fred Van Fleet from the Toronto Raptors would like to say, mm-hmm. and then take that skill set and make you more money. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's other ways than just, oh, I need to buy a six-bedroom home or, sorry, eight-bedroom house sitting on the land because maybe in the future potential is going to go up. It's an asset. In reality, that's not not really an asset. You're Mm -hmm. well extending yourself that you're basically slaving away for the next 30 years.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, while Joe and I definitely think that in the long run in the Vancouver market, it is in our best interest to own real estate, that doesn't apply to every single market in the world or even in other provinces in British Columbia or or in Canada.
0: True Mm -hmm. because there's always this term that everybody like to say well you know real estate long term will always go up. Mm -hmm. Yeah in Vancouver, yeah because people want to come into this city. I'm going to give you two examples of things that hasn't gone up all that much in the last long period of time. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of Detroit, Michigan? I mean ever since you know the car, car industry started to die off. Detroit has been a mess. Mm-hmm. Like they, they probably peaked in the 90s and never went back. And here's another example of something that peaked in the 90s and never went back. Japan, mm-hmm. we heard of the last decade, now we're entering pretty much the last two decades. Here, based on Fred economic data, this is some interesting fact. If you are a homeowner in the Tokyo area and you bought today, you would have paid the same price as someone bought in 2002. Shit. And here's another thing. If you somehow bought in early 1991, you're still in the red and it's been 30 years. And you're telling me that real estate long-term will always go up? Only in Vancouver. <laughs> this is what I always say, guys. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you guys, this is a little slogan. Uh, real estate short-term, you always look at politics. Look at the interest rate, what we're dealing with. Real estate long-term, you definitely looking. You definitely need to look at population growth, mm-hmm. right? And if you are gonna be investing real estate in a place where real, uh, population isn't going up, just be extra careful on what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, in our market here, I think you and I can both attest to this and all of our listeners here who have been in Vancouver for a while. In the last 10 years, the amount of traffic that I have seen increase is just, blows my mind and it's only going to get busier so that's another reason why vancouver is such a unique real estate market there's so many people
0: coming every single year yeah no and and with this because of this this rent own thing like depending on which perspective we can we want to pick we could cover a lot more like mm. a lot more into specific details and honestly there are probably some points that you could easily push me back on mm-hmm. in regards to it. you like well if you take this example and do that However, the purpose of this podcast, it's not about what's right. Like, is renting right? Is owning right? We just really want people to start thinking rent versus own and what's better for you. Mm -hmm. Not just hearing from other people. Oh, owning is always the best way to go. We just gave you a couple of examples and maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. Is the best way to go. Right?
1: Take control of your life, your finances, ask yourself these difficult questions. And like Joe and I are here to support you if you have any questions.
0: Yeah. And uh, just to add on, like I've seen multi millionaires that got to where they are today without touching real estate. They did e commerce, maybe they did some Bitcoin, or maybe they're just really smart businessmen. Mm-hmm. Right? I also seen the reverse. Like I, I, I have seen some homeowners that bought at the peak and the market started to come down. And then they're losing money left, right, and center, and they don't know what to do, and they're in the red. And they actually gone into like serious economic like troubles. Mm-hmm. Right? So we've seen both sides of the story, and that's why we're saying this is all about getting you guys to think. Now I'm gonna break it down in two very simple ways. If you're the kind of person that enjoys your freedom that enjoys the flexibility. Maybe you're a tech nomad, right? Maybe you wanna travel the world. It's not about starting a family. It's about creating experiences. Well, if that's you, renting might not be a horrible idea because you're not attached to anything. Mm -hmm. If you need to, I'm gonna go to Thailand tomorrow or next month, hey, sorry landlord, I'm done with my rent. I'm gone as in next month, I'll clear everything up. However, if you own, for example, in Vancouver and say that, oh, next, next month I want to go to Thailand and start vacationing. You now need to think about, do I sell? Is this the right market? Do I rent? Do, 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 do I need to find a property management? What happened with my stuff? Like what, what's going to happen with my furnitures and all that? You know, some, some special things that you bought because you own the home and not rent the home, mm-hmm. right? That's, if that's you, really think about owning versus renting. Really. Like I know people and we were just talking about this before the podcast started, that maybe this will be suitable for you, is that they are living in, I think it was Mexico, and he literally owns like two to three different real estates around the world. He just rented out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he rents himself,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Because for him, it's just like, why would I rent? Maybe this month I'm in Mexico, maybe next year I want to go to Thailand and work there instead, mm-hmm. right? Now on the flip side, if this is your goal, which is, this is probably like 90% of the people, if your goal is to have a family, create a, uh, be a part of a comprehensive neighborhood. You want stability, you don't have to bring your kids from one place to another place to another place. I totally get it, I grew up like that. I didn't like it as a kid, I wanted my room. I don't wanna have to keep changing rooms every four to five years. So that's you've been maybe owning a home it's best for you and your family because of the stability and the sense of community that it comes with, mm. right? So. That's what I'm trying to say, really guys. And that's what me and Jeff are both trying to say. Think think about what you want before making that decision of I'm gonna buy to live in or I'm gonna rent forever for the rest of my life. It's not that simple.
1: (laughs) It's it's really not that
0: simple. Like in Vancouver, a lot of people make it sound like it's that simple, but it's really not that simple. Mm -hmm. It truly is not that simple. So with that all being said, Let us know which side you're on. Uh, Please, you know, like, comment, subscribe, uh, help us with the algorithm. And by now, you should guys should know that my name is Joe. My name is Jeff. We're the Mike for Vancouver Real Estate. And we
1: will see you guys next week. See ya. Thank you. Bye now.